This episode is brought to you by the Nordstick, the number one way to train your hamstrings anywhere at any time. The number one injury burden in the game of soccer is, you guessed it, hamstring injury. What better way to prevent this than using the Nordstick? From endless Nordic curl variations for your hamstrings, to other lower body exercises, to even upper body and core exercises, you name your goal and the Nordstick can help you get there. Use the link in the description to learn more and get 10% off. Once again, use the link in this episode's description for 10% off. What's up, soccer players? Welcome to another episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It's me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, what's up, bro? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's been a minute. <clears throat> it's been a minute since we um we 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 recorded on Sunday. Yeah, no, it's it's been a it's been a crazy month for us both, but we're kind of back in the swing of things, getting some things kind of put down on paper and everything like that. But yeah, uh, yeah. Do you, you sound like you're becoming an adult? Me? <laughs> like wow, responsibility, on responsibility, on responsibility, <laughs> on responsibilities, man. <laughs> I wish, man. Well, woke up yes. to the world, my man. Hey, listen, this is how it is. Man, By the way, if my, you guys, my... if if you guys, um, if my voice doesn't sound right, it's because I'm coming down with something. So my voice that like, kind of fluctuates between uh, healthy and unhealthy. So, so if that's why you recognize, just just bear with me here. This was what's going on. Oh, it's all good. We're just happy you're here today, man. It's uh, it's been a long week for everybody. So yeah, um... man. How's adulthood? It's good. I I think adulthood is when you realize your time is no longer yours uh, at any time. So, oh shoot! Uh, oh, <laughs> wait till you have a kid, then you oh. realize that you really don't have time. I'm, I'm in for a wait. Let me tell yeah, you that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we got a few more years. Do we get ready? Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, today we got an interesting episode. Uh, we're talking about the benefit of small sided games and how they can help you improve in all aspects of your game. Uh, of course, we're going to have a heavy emphasis on the on the physical side, but we'll talk about some technical stuff as well. Um, point number one, so the first benefit that you get for using small-sided games, and I guess before we get into it, uh, multiplied small-sided games, anywhere from activities going 1v1 to, let's say, 4 to 5v5, um, Pretty much anything that's that's in between those two, the numbers might be a little bit lopsided depending on uh, the number of players that you have and the goals of the sessions. But uh, number one, you get so many more touches, right? Um, especially as you shrink down into 3v3, 2v2s, somebody has to hold the ball. And when it's 11v11, it's one out of 22 is your chance, but... If it's a 3v3, then it's 1 out of 6. And that means every touch, if it's not going to you, it probably came from you or the next one's coming to you. So you're actively involved almost in every single uh, possession, every two, three passes, uh, which is massive because the amount of touches you need is is really, really high in order to truly improve. Mm. That is true. That is true. And uh, if I add to that my point that I was going to make, um, in addition to what you just said, the last, what happened when you have, um, first of all, you said three, three, I define it as anything like five on five, even seven with seven. The idea is it really is the size of the field. Like, can we make this field smaller so that you can actually get multiple touches and whatnot? So this is the other thing because if the field is bigger then the chance of the ball coming back to you is less, I would say less frequent, but if the field is small, then you 
you're able to get a lot more torches because the field is small. So it, it, the, the occurrence of the ball coming back to you is a lot higher than if the field was bigger. So that would be my definition of small-sided game. So add to yours. Um, to Also, another point, the, the point that I'd like to add on what you mentioned, when you get the opportunity to touch the ball a lot. And when you know that you are going to get the ball a lot, because it's small sided, you know, you there's like five people in, in on the on your team, so the ball has to come to you by 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 the by the restriction posed on the field, the ball has to come to you multiple times. So what does that do? That forces you to um, analyze how you make decisions in the game, right? So if you know the ball is coming to you in the next two play, you have to start to think ahead. Okay, what am I going to do when that ball comes towards me? Right? So that trains you to make better decisions, especially in tight spaces that could be applied into a real-life game scenario. Right? If I know the ball is coming in the next two play, right? So I'm already looking over my shoulder. Okay, who's behind me and who can I dish this ball to if I get it? Um that's that that's one thing um that really translated and made me a better soccer player is just by uh playing a lot of indoor soccer right the ball gets comes towards me like so many times and you know i used to get before i used to get so nervous i was like oh my god like if the ball's coming like what do i have to do what do i have to do i get rushed they rush me so fast when i get the ball because it's indoor but having trained this enough, I know if I have to put, first of all, put myself in a position to receive the ball that's a little bit away from whoever's guarding me. That's one thing I learned from playing small-sided game. And then before I get the ball, I need to figure out where I'm going to ditch it, right? So if I make a run, I see a space, I make a run to receive the ball. I'm already looking to see who am I going to pass it to. Is it going to be towards my left? Is it going to be forward? Or do I need to go back and play it back to my defender? Uh, those are all the things I learned from playing the small-sided game. It actually made me uh, uh, create decision a lot faster, which makes you a better player. Because if you can make fewer bad decisions, um, then the outcome for your team is tremendous. Mm. Now, I'm I'm really glad you touched on it's not the number of players, it's more of the size of the field. Uh, obviously, it's both, but... I think the size of the field is is also really important because, I mean, especially when when people like me and Newberg were playing, sometimes you set up a field and you know you have fourteen people there. Twenty minutes later, you have thirty people. Yeah. And now you're playing fifteen on fifteen mm-hmm. on a seven v seven size field. When it gets tight, it gets tight. It gets, yeah, it's about the like you can say it's it's about the square footage per player. Um, and in those scenarios, it's like, man, this is, it's a big space, but it's still super small sided because it's you small sided players, you, you fill it up with people. Yeah. Yeah. You have to um, be mindful because yeah, there could be people on your left, people on your right. You could lose the ball yeah. really quickly, uh-huh. especially if, if you like to hug the ball a lot, you know, you get rushed in by like three people, especially if you're that type of kid, a um, young player who likes to hug on the ball. You know, have that kid just do a bunch of small-sided drills like this, and you know this very quickly, is how he's going to learn to dish that ball out because he can't just keep the ball alive and start dribbling everywhere because you're going to lose it. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to, you have to run out of space. That's just the way it is. Um, 
Uh, yeah, no, that, that's a that's a brilliant point. Uh, what else do you got for us? How else do players benefit from small sided games? Um, the other benefit, and that's the one that's huge, is just anaerobic fitness, like the ability to cause you you nonstop, just like going sprinting, decelerating, sprinting back, covering spaces, guarding your man, following your man all the time. You always move it. I can't tell you anytime. I got my fitness text tested was when I'm playing is when I'm playing indoor soccer. Cause my God, man, it just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. You want to get fit for a game. I would rec one of the things I would recommend. Um, there's two type of drills, um, fitness drills you should be doing. But if you want to train anaerobically, just do do small sided game, like, like a tight space, seven on seven and, and notice just how gruesome it is like it will test your fitness to the next level man it, it is it is by far like one of the <laughs> best method i've in, i've actually employed to get fit for like a a season game i'll go in and play some small-sided game intense small-sided game too with people that can play and you realize just like how fitness is having the fitness like play a role in 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 your decision making <laughs> yeah it's um I, I really think that these small-sided games that don't improve your fitness for almost everything in the game, which it's hard to do, right? To to really improve it in every aspect. Uh, the only aspects where it really falls short is those long recovery runs yeah. of oh shit, you know that's we gotta we gotta go sixty meters here, seventy meters. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you cover that distance, your ability to hop right back in and make a positive impact on a play, like that's where the anaerobic comes is. Yeah. Like that boom, like don't get lost type of the, the next reaction. play. How yeah, the next play. On the next play. That's, yeah. that's, that's what we're talking about, guys. Yeah. Well, no, and that's massive because anaerobic is all about next play. It's all about one, two, onto three, onto four, onto five. After, after, after each action, there's another one. Uh, with no time in between, so dude, I was uh, playing. I was playing yesterday, and it's just like, oh, we one of our teammates lost the ball. Like we 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 doing a counter attack, right? And then I sprint forward trying to get open, and then he made a bad pass, and the ball got intercepted. I was like, oh god! And then now we have to cover back and and, and cover our position, so there's less space available for the team for the opponent, um, because we don't want to get counter attack. From our counter attack, so going yeah. back on defense after you lost the ball, or after you you sprinted like thirty meters, right, and then poop, you lost the ball, then you got to sprint back. Oh God, and that's that's the most gruesome thing. I have to talk to myself every time. Like, let's go back, let's go back, let's go back, <laughs> let's go back. Yeah, it's when you don't have the fitness. Now you have to talk to your body. But if you have the fitness, man, going back to cover that space, so easy peasy. That's, that's brutal, and. Our next point kind of plays into that. Uh, <clears throat> it'll improve your execution of 1v1, 2v2, and 3v3 scenarios. Um, and the one thing that's common about all of these is in all of those scenarios, a turnover or losing the ball becomes more and more unacceptable because if you have a 1v1, and a goal is on the line and you lose, it means you either 
turned away a goal scoring opportunity or you conceded a goal scoring chance. And either of those, it's it's not good. Uh, so, same with two v two and three v threes to a slightly lesser extent. Uh, but you see a lot of these scenarios play out when teams are stuck in tight spaces, especially if you're playing a team like a high pressing team, like let's say uh, a Liverpool or Red Bull team. You have players constantly pressing you and you're you're constantly being put in these scenarios and if you turn over it's going to kill you and if you're a but at the same time if you're able to beat that like if you're able to work yourself out of the back the way manchester city do when you're being pressed and I, we just saw it this this weekend or last week uh arsenal versus manchester, manchester city. city you know arsenal really put numbers forward aggressively to try and really pet press and at one point, I was like, ooh, they got him. It's a 3v3 in Manchester City's own third in their corner. We're about to win the ball. City, somehow, they get it out, and then they score off a counter because the numbers showed there was way too much space for, you know, De Bruyne and, and Holland. But um, high quick. risk, high reward. And it's that quick, too. Yeah, it's brutal. That's, it is. Brutal. I watched that game. I was like, "Man, awesome!" Like, what are you doing, man? Like, you got to do that one chance, that one chance, one opportunity to win the league. Now they tied in points. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. rough. Uh, let's not talk about that. Let's take <laughs> a break. <laughs> we'll be right back, and then when we come back, we have three more reasons. So don't get anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Team Builder. If you're a physical therapist, fitness coach, or personal trainer, you need to know that Team Builder is the number one app for exercise prescription. Whether you're working with a few clients one-on-one as a side hustle, or you're working with hundreds of athletes in an academy setting, there's no better app to prescribe exercises for remote or in-person training than Team Builder. As someone who's used Team Builder for over two years, I can wholeheartedly say it saves me time and helps my clients perform at their best. As a bonus, Team Builder is offering a 12-week soccer strength and conditioning program that comes with your 14-day free trial. This program focuses on increasing strength, power, and speed, all while reducing risk of injury. Head over to teambuilder.com and sign up with the code SFE to get started. VTruve is a reliable, affordable, and easy-to-use velocity-based training system that allows sports medicine staff to monitor and evaluate an athlete's performance in the gym. There are so many scientific papers supporting velocity-based training, showing how athletes can get stronger, more powerful, and reduce their injury risk. Most of all, it's one of the best ways to maximize athlete intent during a fitness or rehab session. Check out the link in the description to learn more about VTruve today. All right, we are back on the soccer fitness experience. Uh, three more reasons why small-sided games are beneficial for you. Uh, Berg, what's the next one? So we talk about, you know, as a soccer player, you got to be agile, right? So there are dedicated agility drills like I've seen, you know, coaches have their players do with cones, with poles and stuff like that. Um, but if we really talk about Agility at its true definition is just um, the ability to to accelerate, decelerate, and respond to like a uh, 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 and react. Right, so nothing 
train your agility to that extent to be able to relax, relax, be able to, to react uh, to plays, react for when a ball is going somewhere, you react, you, you, you intercept a defender, like you, you, you stop and go and re, re, you reacting in the moment of the game. Nothing trained that's better than small-sided game because when you think about it, you have to sprint to cover that space. Um, to cover that small space, you have to, you know, slow down and change direction. Balls, you know, short passes are coming left and right, and you have to kind of anticipate where the ball is going, who to cover. Um, that is a uh, one of the truest way to to train for like agility. Yes, yeah, it is pure agility. Agility, assuming, is, assuming, you know, of course, assuming, of course, you're not like lazy with it, walking around and stuff. You're taking that drill seriously <laughs> because <laughs> you could have a small sided game and you got guys walking around and stuff. And it's not, it's not good. But if you take it seriously and you, it's super competitive and you have to spread, you have to cover spaces because otherwise, you know, a goal can get scored on you like that. Then you really get to see like how it is yeah but i i feel like it's it's if one player isn't taking it seriously someone's gonna get on them because oh, yeah, yeah it, they're gonna have to because again once you get to those smaller numbers it's a 3v3 compared to a 3v2 the game is totally different yeah you know everybody got their role to play and you get more exposed the shorter yeah. the fewer player they are so if you're not if you're not holding up your end, it's gonna be readily apparent to to everybody, uh, including yourself, to the point where it's like, oh damn, like I'm doing so bad, everybody knows. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's vital for agility because, especially as you start to reintroduce, um, and I, I think let's just bridge this into our our, our next benefit, which is the ability to really come back from injury in a safe manner. Um, because if you use small sided games as a reintroduction tool, what you're doing is again, what's so important about the agility concept is it's a conscious reactive response to an external stimulus. And when you're doing things like a ACL or meniscus or MCL, even like an ankle reconstruction, um, Cognitive load is so important. And what we mean by cognitive load, it's the, it's the fact that when you're doing some sort of drill and you're in some sort of environment, the more open it is, i.e. the more decisions that you have to make, the more people you have to react to, the more things you have to keep in the back of my head of in the head. Where's, where, let's say you're, let's say you're a right-sided center back of where's the opposite left winger, where's my central midfielder, where's my uh other center back where's my other wing back which ball can i play if i win the ball right away versus which ball can i play when i get the ball and i have time to actually look up and and scan Um, these are all things that are going on in the back of your head and when you get injured you have to learn how to do all that again at a higher level than what you're doing it before because then that's something i i hate you know there because what you're talking about is the decision making aspect right yeah, and I yeah. believe it now. You take a break from the game for like a whole month, and then that decision making 
it, it is is like completely different from what it used to be. Right? <laughs> like, I'm not. Yeah. It's one of those things that you have to train your brain for this. Yeah. Are competing at that level, if you're not training it, you're more able. You ain't gonna be able to produce it in a real life game. But it's it's vital because when when you do come back from injury, like let's say you're coming back from ACL, we'll say, and I've seen this happen in real time, and it's it's almost the the exact logic, like the flipped logic kind mm. of approach to it, if we want to call it that. You spent nine to twelve months rehabbing from an injury. Mm-hmm. Everybody else will make up their mind if you're quote unquote ready to return within five to ten minutes. Mm. Like that that's your time frame to really really prove yourself. And things are going to go your way or they're not. And if you're constantly exposed to these 1v1s, 2v2, 3v3s, again, scenarios that will prove if you're a good or a bad player, if you have good or bad outcomes, um, that's what's going to, you know, light the coaches up and be like, wow, you know, that kid is, he's ready. Like, let me use him even more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's vital for for returning to play. Yeah, I don't think... um... That's not something I learned so much when I was, um, you know, studying like returning to play and stuff. Because um, we we often look at this in terms of like fitness level and the ability to and in confidence level, fitness level and confidence level is the way you move, the way you pass, a certain uh, a movement um, that you do. You know, you can see if a player is scared to move a certain way because of that injury. So part of the Return to play process not only gets you physically ready for the game, but confidence level as well, and moving in the way that you used to do before the injury. But one of the things we don't talk about is the decision making process of it, because you've got to be able to think during the game and react and stuff like that to things that are going on and make decision. And whenever you were injured before coming back, that's slow, and you have to retrain that too. It's, yeah, I mean, decision making, it, it's involved in everything, everything. And now I we're think not... the point that. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I think when you shrink it down to small sided, what you don't, what you gain is the ability to really emphasize that. And what you lose is the ability to turn that off. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you can't switch. It, it is impossible to mentally switch off in a small sided game no you can't you will lose like well you can yes but you're going to lose versus if it's 11 v 11 you know if you're let's say a left wing back and the play is on the opposite side of the field you can take you know six actions off and the ball still isn't even onto your half of the field you know but small sided game's not the case man i, I remember okay, i play an uh, indoor game andy and I got so tired. I felt my felt like my lungs were burning. Man. I felt like my lungs were burning. And then I, as I'm trying to like catch my breath, the team, the opposing team, lose the game, and it's a counterattack. And then I have to sprint. I have to like, oh, okay, where is the space? The moment they got the ball back, I immediately went to, okay, where is the space? Where do I make the run so that they can give me a through ball? We can do this counterattack. I, man, I'm telling you, just like, if I, if I wasn't trained, I'll probably like, 
oh no 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 it would have taken me like three seconds to react to when that scene really wow yeah dude three seconds because i remember like how i when i first started the indoor season how it was and i was just like slow to react to plays because it's just like i'm trying to catch my breath because my lungs are burning or I should you get the you you got the lung burning where you're still able to 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 burst and do a few moves and whatnot and recognizing where to make the the, the where to run where to where to one where to run see I can't see today where to run so that you can receive the ball in an effective manner and be able to score that's all decision making and that's affected <laughs> if you're not fit fit. Uh, it's it's final it's final but um yeah i mean those are those are our six kind of benefits of of small-sided games for soccer players of of all ages and, and ability levels really um of course you know we hope you guys enjoy this episode and be sure to share it with a friend be sure to uh you know implement some of these ideas into your into your routine and uh hopefully you can benefit in all sorts of ways yeah. all right We'll see you guys next week. All right. Peace.